0: Genesis 28, we're going to be uh, looking at an incident in the life of Jacob. And you know, in all reality, Jacob is not somebody who was a real great example in a lot of ways. Uh, In fact, his name itself uh, said a lot about his character. Uh, His name meant deceiver. But yet God had a purpose for him, and God had a plan for him. And God made sure that which he had planned happened and you know it's the same for each of us sitting here today that God is sovereign and, and God has a plan for us and he has a purpose. He is at work in our lives and through our lives to bring honor and glory to himself. So we're going to, to look at Jacob's life and it's not going to really be a type of message which is a lot of interpretation but it's more application. How, how can we see what took place in his life to help us in our lives today. How, how can we, as we come to the end of this year, and, and look into some unknowns and uncertainties within our own life, how can we look forward with faith and not walk by sight, not live our life in fear of the unknown, but walk with certainty, with confidence, because of who our God is? Because what I want us to see today is not Jacob What I really want us to see is the God of Jacob because that is where our confidence will be found. So Genesis chapter 28, beginning at verse 10, he says, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place, and he stayed there that night. And because the sun had set, taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a the ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels, angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, "How awesome is this place? This is none other, excuse me, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven." Pray with me and bear with my voice today. I've I've been struggling with some bronchitis this whole last week and coughing, but uh, we're going to look at this scripture today, and we're going to see what God has to say to us through it. So let's bow together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you have provided for us to come together and, and open your word and, and to sing songs of praise and thanksgiving to you. And Lord, you are worthy of, of our praise and worthy of our thanksgiving, worthy of our thankfulness for all that you've done on our behalf. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to yourself and you've placed within us a desire for yourself and to worship you, to come together with brothers and sisters and friends and enlarge us to fellowship, reminding ourselves of your goodness and your grace. And I would pray that as we open your word, that your spirit this morning would use your word, Father, to, to bring conviction in our, our life where there needs to be conviction, but also to encourage us. To, to encourage us when we become discouraged in life, when we look around us and we see things of darkness and we sometimes see things that, that we just don't seem to understand, Father. But yet we know that we can look to you. Lord, that in you there is stability and there is hope. So I pray this morning that you would minister to us this morning by your spirit and by your word. Lord, that you would be honored and that you'd be glorified in and how we hear your word, Father, how we respond to you this morning, that as we do look to uncertainties in our life, that we might always realize that, that there are things that are very certain as well, that you, God, you are our rock, our fortress. Lord, that you are our refuge in whom we can withdraw and find strength, and we can find rest for our soul. And I just pray today, Lord, that you will be glorified it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. So as I said this morning, we're really going to look more at application than we are in interpretation. Uh, hopefully you are familiar a little bit with the life of Jacob. But let me remind you of this guy. As I said, his name basically means deceiver. Uh, if you're familiar with him, when you, when you think about him, you probably think of the guy who is a liar. Uh, he is a thief. He was an individual who... His life focused on Jacob. Everything about him up to this point, and in fact, years and years later of his life, until he has a one-on-one encounter later with God, does his life really begin to look out to others. But his life was very much focused on what he could obtain and, and what would fulfill his own personal desires. Uh, you remember that uh, when his he was in the womb of his mother, that there was wrestling going on in his womb as he wrestled with his brother Esau. Even at that time, there was this struggle between the nations that was taking place that God told his mother Rebekah. And and then at his birth, uh, remember the story of his birth, he reached and he grabbed uh, the the heel of his brother trying to, to hold him back because remember the firstborn gets the birthright, the firstborn gets the blessing. Even at that young age, there was that nature which was instilled and Jacob, and of course, then he did later steal the birthright. Remember, with the the red meaty stew, whatever type of substance that was, when Esau came back hungry and, and famished, and, and Jacob made a little deal with him. Well, I'll give you a bowl of stew for your birthright, and so he basically stole or deceived his brother for that. And of course, later he he had deceived his father by by putting skins on his arm and clothes of his brother for his blind father. So that he would think that he was Esau and he received the blessing of Esau. So so everything about Jacob uh, was really not very uh, good stuff. Was not very much high quality character. Okay? He, he was an individual who lived up to his namesake. He was a deceiver. And when we come to this text this morning, he's at this place in life because of that. He... He had fled from his home because his brother Esau was so angry about the stolen blessing that he said he would kill his brother as soon as he had the opportunity, as soon as his father passed. Of course, his mother, who had connived with him, went to him and said, Listen, you better flee from this place. You better get out of here. So, he, uh, so Jacob, that's what he had done. He had left what we call the Promised Land. He was on his way to Syria. And he comes to the, what the Scriptures here tells us, a certain place. And there must be something about this place, because if you are like me and you like to circle and underline words and stuff, you find that Moses, the writer of Genesis, he keeps coming back and talking about this place. There must be something of importance. Some say it's a place of importance because years earlier, this was where Abraham built his altar, and he worshipped God here. Now, if that is true, you would think that Jacob would have heard those stories growing up with his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac, and he would have known that where he was was a very special place. But there's no indication at all in our text that Jacob really has any personal knowledge of God at all. Even though Jacob is, is in this chosen family line, he has really no personal experience with God. So, so he is an individual... Uh, who had so much opportunity, but yet he is an individual who has lived his life so self-focused. He has missed the, oppor- the opportunity to know God and to walk with God and enjoy the blessings of God. So here he is. He's all alone. He's in the dark. He's laying in the dirt. He has a stone for a pillow. He has been. He has been forced. To leave the comforts of his rich father. He no longer has the protection of his overprotecting mother. Here he is, just simply alone. And he is, he is in a time that if I was going to talk about an uncertain time, which I am, this is it. Jacob is certainly in a place of uncertainty, he is certainly in a place where he really is facing the unknown. And dear brothers and sisters, friends, all of us who have been around very long, we realize we deal with these times in life. We realize that all of us are going to face something in life more than once probably, sometimes which will bring fear into our hearts. We'll hear some kind of reporter or, or we'll be told something about our job or our health and all of a sudden just the, the uncertainty of that will bring fear into our hearts. And that is why it's so important today I want us to look more at application here than interpretation because I want us to face these times in a way which God is honored and God is glorified and that will be for our good. When we face these the times the way God would have us to the unknown. So what did what took place here that I think warrants our attention? The first thing I would bring to our attention is this. Jacob does not deserve anything good from God. Okay? Jacob does not deserve anything good from God. And in fact, some people would look at the life of Jacob and say, I hope he gets what he deserves because of the life that he has lived. But that is not the God whom we serve. God intervenes in the life of Jacob. Just as if you were a child of God, at some time in your life, God intervened in your life when you were undeserving, giving you something that you did not deserve, something you could not earn. But simply because he is a God of grace, he showed his goodness to you. And that is what we see taking place here in the life of Jacob. And we see Jacob's dream. This is probably uh, the best the part of this text that most of us are familiar with, especially if you were growing up in church singing, I am climbing Jacob's ladder. You know, remember that song from childhood? And, and we learned this story about Jacob and the angels ascending and descending. So he he had a dream. And in this dream, he saw three things. You see that? He saw a ladder, he saw the angels, and he saw the God, the Lord, standing at the top. Now, how in the world could a dream be encouragement for us? Because really a dream isn't something that that God uses in our lives that much to reveal things to us. Uh, We have the Word of God. We really don't need God to use dreams to reveal himself. In some lands, and some nations where the, the Word of God is restricted, God is still using dreams. I find it very interesting that I had a friend up in Wyoming that I met through a Bible study that we did in Hardy's His name was Lijo Joseph, and he was from India. And as we visited and got to know one another, he shared his testimony with me. And and there came a time in his life where he realized that he needed God. And and all of a sudden, he had just this desire to know God, to understand who God was. And, And he told me all these different religions that he tried and how they left him so unfulfilled. And he said he got so desperate, that he got up on a bridge and he was going to jump off this bridge and just take his own life. That's how desperate he was. And he said, but he had a dream. And this dream was Jesus holding a lamb, and Jesus said to Lijo, Lejo I have chosen you. And, and that just stirred up Lijo, and, and he didn't know what to do, but he knew he needed to learn about this guy holding a sheep that told him he had chosen him. So he began to look around, and he ended up on the lawn of a Baptist college in India. He went into the the director's office, and he he tried to enroll, but you had to be a believer to enroll, so that didn't work for him. So he was sitting out on the lawn, and and he was just desperate. He didn't know what to do. And the president of the college walked by and uh, was talking to Lee Joe and found out what was going on with him. He said, come with me. He went in, and he enrolled him in some Bible classes, you know, Bible, Gospel of John and some stuff like that. And through the studies of the Scripture, Lee Joe became a believer. Now Lee Joe is back over there and he is serving. And in the mission field, God still uses dreams. But uh, I just had to throw that in because I love Lee Joe. And uh, I want us to understand the importance of what took place here. Jacob did not have the Scriptures like you and I have the Scriptures. He He needed this encouragement in his life. So God determined to reveal himself through Jacob through this dream. So there's three things, basically, like I said. The one was the ladder, which is the stairway, which pictures a bridge between heaven and earth, the Lord and us. We would think of mediation, a mediator. One of the things that tells us, that will give us hope in life, is this, that God has not forgotten his people. God has not forgotten his creation. He has committed himself... To us, He has committed Himself to be at work on behalf of His creation. Creation is not cut off from its Creator. He did not just make creation and wind it up like a clock and then set it aside. He is still involved. He created it, and now He sustains it. And in Him, the Scripture says, all things are held together. And He says, on this ladder, He saw angels ascending... In descending. And I know there's a lot of spiritual mumbo-jumbo today about angels. Uh, And I I hope you're not someone who... I have no problem with angels. In fact, Carol collects them. But I hope you don't have them hanging on your walls thinking in some way they're going to protect you. Uh, Of course, you know that better than that. Uh, Carol also collects snowmen, but we don't think they're going to protect us either, you know? So, So I know there's a lot of stuff like that that goes around about angels, and we need to stick to the Scriptures. And, and one of the things this tells me, when, when I think about He's revealing this truth about angels ascending and descending, it's telling me, listen, God is still present to minister to me. God in His grace is not a God just of the past, but He is a God of the present. And not only did He minister in special ways in life of individuals by, like Jacob, But today, He is still available, and He is still ministering to His children on their behalf. You know, the Scripture tells us that exactly what angels are. They are ministering spirits. Uh, They are sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. So, in other words, if you are a child of God today, one of the reasons there are, are angels according to the Word of God is they are ministering spirits. They minister to you. They minister by the grace of God. In fact, it tells us in Hebrews 13, there are some who have entertained angels without knowing it. I I don't know how far to take that, but I just take the Scriptures for what they say. I think many times, most of the time, God ministers ministers to us through the body of Christ, through other believers. But I believe there are times in life that when there's not other believers around that God ministers grace to our hearts, to our souls, many times by uh, maybe angels that, that we do not even see, but yet God is still there, He is still present. He is still ministering on our behalf. I think of Jesus when His temptations, remember when, when his tempt, excuse me, my throat here, when His temptations were ended there after 40 days, and the angels came. And they ministered to him. I remember in Gethsemane, after he prayed, Not my my will, but thy will be done, O Lord. And the angel came and ministered unto him. So we have the ladder which is set up between heaven and earth. And we have the angels who are descending. The ladder being a mediator. The angels meaning that God is still ministering to his people. And then, of course, then the Lord stood above it. Now, you're probably familiar with this truth, but... When you see the word Lord in the Old Testament, and it's in capitals, that is the, the word Yahweh in the Hebrew. That is the one true God who rules and reigns over all his creation. Now, that is an amazing thought uh, He's telling us for one thing, he's telling Jacob, listen, I'm not a God of the land. I'm I'm not a God of the sun or some type of deity that has some territory over here. He says, I am the God, the one true God of all creation. And understanding that this is the Lord, and it is the Lord who is available to his people. Jesus Christ, remember when he hung upon the cross, and when he gave up his spirit, the scripture says, and the curtain on the Holy of Holies was torn and it was open, and that opened up the way into the very presence of God himself. And those of us who are the children of God, because of Jesus Christ, we have the blessedness of going and entering into the very presence of God. We are invited to enter his throne of grace in our time of need. Dear brothers and sisters, we have Such a blessing in Jesus Christ. And we need to always remind ourselves we have these blessings of his presence and these promises because God took the initiative. Jacob was not seeking God anyway here. We never see in this scripture that Jacob had called out to God and said, God, I need your help. Instead, Jacob had picked up a rock, laid in the dirt, and was going to sleep. And then God, in the midst of that situation, He broke into that situation. He surprised him. And it's the same way in our life. There are times in our life that we're not seeking God. We have got all wrapped up in the situation. We have begun to let our thoughts get clouded with the, the things that are going on around us. And God in His grace, He just breaks into those situations and He reminds us who He is, that He is the God of all creation, that He is our God. And it's very often when we are experiencing troubling times and times of uncertainty, not even thinking of God, that God will break in on us. And I have experienced that truth, I know, many times in my life. And and I say that tongue-in-cheek because my heart should have been on God. But we do. We get so wrapped up in the emotions of situations that we have a tendency to put God aside. And God will come. And He will just take the initiative. And He will just wrap us in His arms of love. You know, dear brothers and sisters, I, I think back. You notice I have an implant on one side and a hearing aid on the other. And as I've always said, if I don't have them on and the building catches on fire, please, please don't just yell fire and run out because I'll never know it, okay? Shake me or something. And uh, I remember back, in fact, when I was pastoring here, and I, I went down to Oklahoma City, and I was having all these hearing problems, and the doctor told me, he said, well, you've got Meniere's disease, da-da-da-da, You're you are going to probably go deaf, and, and he said, what kind of work do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And he said, well, you better find another line of work. And, and i tell you what, you talk about a, a statement. Uh, I, I mean, it was like a death sentence to me, I'll be honest with you. God had called me to pastor, and, and here I had a guy telling me, listen, you know, you got all this stuff going on, and... And boy, my mind just began to, to be clouded with all the questions of doubt and wondering. And, and uh, my wife and I, we, we walked out to the car, and man, I would just, grief was just seeming to, to just burden me, and despair was just rolling in on me. And, and it seemed at that, that very time, God just broke in on the scene, and, and it was like he just put his arms around me, and he said, Gary, he said, you're my child. He said, doctors will say one thing, but you're my child. And here I stand 34 years later or whatever, and yeah, I have an implant and I have a hearing aid. But here we still are. You know, God is God, folks. And we need to remember that He is Yahweh. He, he's not some little deity somewhere that, that we need to put on a wall or that, that we need to, to do some special sacrifice or we have to earn His goodness. He is a God of grace, and He is a God who takes the initiative on the, ba- the behalf of His people. We need to remember that even in salvation, that that God takes the initiative because natural man will never pursue God. Natural man will never chase hard after God. Uh, you know, God takes the initiative and and He reaches out to us. And we just we just celebrated Christmas, didn't we? And what is that 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 is God taking the initiative and sending His Son into a world of sin and despair and darkness and sending His Son that, that He would grow up and He would be the perfect, the Lamb of God, and He would be that perfect sacrifice that would lay His life willingly upon a cross on behalf of those whom He would redeem to Himself. Folks, that, that is what is taking place we have a God of grace, and everything about Jacob here that God is doing, it is all about grace, and it is that way in our life as well. It is all of grace. So we have this dream. But then we also have a message from, from God's Word here that, that Jacob heard, and it was the promises of, that had been given to his grandfather, and it was a promise that had been given to his father Isaac. The first message that he gave him, he identified himself. He said, I am God. I am the God of your grandfather, and I am the God of your father. He was saying, I am am the God of history. I am the eternal God, but, but Jacob, I am also the God of the present, and I am the God of the future. Not only am I the God of those who have preceded you, but Jacob, I am your God. And it is the same of each of us who are sitting here today that is his child. He is our God. And then he confirmed Abraham's promises, the land, the descendants, that his fa- all the families of the earth shall be blessed through him, the promise that I am with you and, and I will bring you back, and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Can you imagine Jacob hearing that? I, I love to sometimes just go and, and just read verse 15 and contemplate it and think about it. Listen to it again. He says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Can you imagine what that meant to Jacob? Now, now maybe we have not been at that place in our life in some way. But remember where Jacob is at? Jacob had just fled his family for for his life. His brother wanting to kill him. Jacob, out in the middle of nowhere, in the darkness, and then God, the Lord, says, Listen, Jacob, I'm with you. Listen, Jacob, I'm going to do what I've said I will do. Listen, Jacob, I'm going to bring you back to this place. Well, how in the world will that help you and I in times of uncertainty. Same way. One is we need to remember the promises of God. Now, I know I'm going to say some things here that that you have heard, and I'm just going to reaffirm things that you know. But I'll tell you what, sometimes we need to be reminded. We need to stop, and we need to remember the promises of God. God confirmed the covenant that he had made with his father and grandfather, and he confirmed it now to Jacob. He said, "Listen, Jacob." Basically, he's saying, in my wording, he's saying, "Listen, Jacob, what I promised, I'll do. I'll do. My word is good, Jacob." But well, what's he say to you and I, who are children of God today? Listen to what he says in Second Corinthians chapter one, verses nineteen through twenty. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among oops, have I got the right verse there? For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy, and I was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, listen, child of God, every promise I have made you in Christ Jesus, they are yes. You can can take my word to the bank. You can take my word to the bank because the certainty of them is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as this covenant renewal should have given confidence to Jacob, well, when we open the Scriptures and we see the promises of God and we remember Jesus Christ, our mediator, then we should have confidence in the Word of God. But you know, not only... When we look at this, should we think of ourselves? But he said, you shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth. In other words, our, our worldview should be expanded. We should understand that we have not been put here just for ourselves. Now, I, I think this was probably a new thought for Jacob. But, you know, because Jacob was so self-absorbed and self-centered. But we're not here just for ourselves. We are here to see that the gospel is spread not only in Woodward, but it is spread in our state and our nation. It is spread around the world. That is why the Son was sent, not just so those in America could have the gospel, but so that those in the world could hear the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be careful that, that we don't get spiritually fat. And what I mean by that is that we as a people, we just take in the Word and we take in the Word and we come and we worship together and we should do both of those things. But we just absorb it and we absorb it and we absorb it and we never live it out. We never let it flow through us and we we become a reservoir instead of a channel of the blessings of God and a channel of the promises of God. He said, now listen, Jacob, I'm renewing this covenant with you but it's not just about you. It's that through you and through this seed You shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And that is still God's plan. It is God's plan that there will be people from every tribe, nation, and tongue who will gather around the throne of God and will worship Him. We need to always remind ourselves that we, it's not just about us. So we need to remember God's promises. We need to remember God's presence. I know there are times maybe that that we feel alone. But we who are the children of God, we're never alone. And this is a very personal presence, a promise. You you see this all through the Scriptures, how God uses to instill confidence in individuals the truth of His presence. You read Fox's Book of Martyrs, and you read biographies of some of the great men and women of the faith. And one of the things you see that encouraged them in their walk was they lived with an awareness of the presence of God in their life. And one of the worst things that that can slow us down in our Christian walk is we begin to forget that we are indwelt by the Spirit of God. The presence of God lives within us. We are the temple of God. Man, that is an amazing thought, brothers and sisters, that God is with us. Psalms 23, we, we love that. And one of the reasons we love that is because of the personal pronouns in it, because it continually tells us of God's presence with us. Even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. He told Moses in Exodus, Certainly, I will be with you. Christmas, you shall name him Emmanuel, God with us. Joshua, be strong and be courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Matthew, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And last but not least, one of my favorite verses in the Scriptures is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. We got it up here. I'll just read it. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For He has said, I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. Now look at verse 6. So we can what? Can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The presence of God is one of the greatest blessings and promises that we who are the children of God could ever have. We need to be very careful that we ever begin to get the idea that we are all alone. And I know sometimes we're like the little boy who says, Well, I just need somebody I can see. And that's true. That's why we have the church. That's why we have God's family. Because we do sometimes need someone we can see, someone we can touch, someone who represents God's presence with us. God with us. The hope of glory. The presence of God. Did he deserve God's presence? Not at all. Once again, he is a God of grace. I know all of us have, or if not, you may very well have a time in your life of darkness. And you begin to to think, man, where where is God in all this? I guarantee you, God is with you. Remember His protection. He He said to Jacob, I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back. Doesn't mean we're never going to... Face any difficulties doesn't mean we'll never face any dark times. But it does mean that God's purpose will be fulfilled in your life. And there's a lot of stuff in this world to fear. But we are not to live in fear. We're to live by faith. God is watching over you. He will see you through. And we need to see those situations through the eyes of God. And we do that by getting into the Scriptures and reminding ourselves of His protection for us, His care for us. Remember, God cares for you. Did Jacob have to work? Yes, he did. His work was was right along in his character, though. I'll be honest with you, he deceived his his father-in-law. He was very deceptive with his father-in-law. Of course, his father-in-law did the same thing right back to him. If you know not aware of that, read the next few chapters. Jacob had a very interesting life. But still, God continued to watch over him. God still made sure that even though Jacob was such a deceptive individual, God still made sure that God's purpose was fulfilled in him and through him. See, brothers and sisters, you and I, we can have confidence that God will bring to completion the work he has started within us. You know, Philippians 1.6, that's the very promise that he gives us. That which he has begun in us, he will bring to completion at the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. God cares for his people. Remember, he clothes the lilies of the fields. Remember the story of the sparrows. When one falls, the Father knows it, nor are you not of much greater worth than they are to him. Jacob had this dream with a ladder. A ladder that reminded him of God's presence. God's promises, God's provisions. But what of us? You know, we, we look at this and, and we could just we could just blow this off and say, Well, you know, that's that's Jacob. That was Jacob's thing. What that really doesn't mean anything to me. That's just Old Testament stuff. Well look at John chapter one, verse fifty-one. And it says, And he said to him, Truly, truly I say to you, this is talking to Nathanael, truly, truly I say to you, Nathaniel. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on what? On the Son of Man. Now why in the world did Jesus go back to Genesis, what we have recorded in Genesis 28, the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending, but now instead of a ladder, what do we have? The Son of Man. That ladder was a bridge between Jacob and the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ today is our mediator. He is the one who has extended or has, has bridged the gap between heaven and earth. He is the one who has bridged the gap between God and his people. Jesus Christ, he is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2 5 says, There is one God, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. John 14 says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You know, dear brothers and sisters, we just celebrated again. I mentioned Christmas, you know, and, and our minds should be so fresh on that truth that God has intervened, that God has made a way to himself. He has sent his son, Emmanuel, God with us. But, you know, I want to close with this thought that God is not only with us, God is for us. Have you ever thought about that? God is for you. You're not in this all by yourself. You look at your life and you think, man, I've been alone all this year. Am I going to have to be alone all next year too? You know, I've been in this job and I've wanted to change. Am I going to have to have the same job all next year? Let me tell you something. God is for you. God is at work for our good. We just have to understand that, that we need his perspective and what is good. What is that which will bring glory to him? Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, God is for us. Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? See, brothers and sisters, we have a heavenly Father who loves us, a God of grace, a God who took the initiative. If you're a child of God, it's because God took the initiative. You didn't seek after God. God sought you. You didn't have a heart for God. God had a heart for you. God sought us. He intervened in our life. He drew us to himself. Jacob didn't deserve one of these blessings. Neither do we. But God pursued pursued this undeserving man, and he blessed him. And that is the way it is today. God continues to pursue the undeserving. And he has sent his son to bridge the gap between himself and them. And those who are his children, like I said, this might be just a reaffir- reaffirming what you already know. It might just be reminding you of what you already know. But dear brothers and sisters, you don't have to earn brownie points for God's presence with you. God is present with you. In all things, at all times, God is with you. And it is because he loves you. What do we do in times of uncertainty? We remember we have a God of grace who loves us. Would you bow with me, please? Dear Precious Father, Lord, I know that all things we say and do is really just vain and unless your spirit is at work. And Lord, that, that is just my heart's desire today that you would be honored and that you'd be glorified. Lord, let it not be a, about the messenger but, but let it be about the truth of who you are. truth of what you've done and what you're doing on behalf of your children. Lord, how even today you continue to, to draw people to yourself and Lord, how you forgive the repentant sinner and you give them eternal life. And it's all possible because of Jesus Christ. And I thank you that we look at this Old Testament event and And how it's just kind of a foreshadowing of what you've done in Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray, O Lord, that uh, we might see Christ in all his grace and all his glory. That we might live with an awareness of your presence within us, your spirit. And God, I know that in our humanity that that we do struggle. there are times that we just let our emotions guide us and times that we let the the weight of a situation just bear down upon us. But Father, at times people feel like they're just going to break. And, Lord, I, I pray that you would just pour your grace out in the lives of people. Lord, you know each of us here today. You, you know the struggles that we're having. The questions that we're dealing with. And in each of those, Father, I know the sufficiency of your grace. I pray for each of us who's gathered here, Lord, that in some way that your spirit might use the truth of who you are to draw us closer to yourself. Lord, that you'd give us a hunger and a, a desire to follow after you live our lives with a confidence that brings honor and glory to you. Lord, I I realize that there are very likely those here today who have never come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Lord, we we know that that you can open the eyes and the understanding of people, and I ask you today, Lord, that you would do that. God, that through the witnesses, of heard from their friends and their family and testimonies that they've heard and and through the songs they've heard today and the fellowship of the people I just pray Lord that, that you'd open their hearts to yourself and to your grace and that you would just draw them to yourself and that today might be a time they would just joyfully surrender themselves to you so Lord we thank you for loving us we thank you that in our struggles, in our successes, that you are sufficient. And it's in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. We're going to have a closing song.